Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We're talking about Old Testament salvation. We're going to look at a bit at a few different things tonight, I guess specifically with God's plan. I guess would be the, the broad title of the message. But back in Job 38, when it says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Um, remember, when we went through Job 38. We talked about that, I believe, on the, on the Christmas day, uh, the Christmas morning sermon. And we talked about how uh, angels were stars and we got into all that. So I'm going to assume you, you kind of know some things about that. But there was a fall before there was a fall. In other words, we have the fall of man, but before the fall of man, there was another fall, Lucifer. And that fall happened before God started to create in Genesis chapter number one. So I want to look at verse number one. And the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So in Genesis chapter 1 and, ch- and chapter number 2, the starting point for God's creation week, it's, it's in darkness. That's what he's starting with. You've got, it's void, and you've got darkness. That's the starting point. And then in verse number 3, he says, and God said, let there be light and there was light so we have the word of god in verse number three god he he said let there be light and his word when he spoke his word it separated darkness from light he said let there be light everybody got that right see that darkness and then we move into light. How'd they get there? God. We'll go to John 1. Everybody knows this. We'll look at it. We all get our eyeballs on it. John chapter number 1. In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in what? Darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. See, verse number nine, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I believe Christ, he is the fulfillment of that creation light. It's good from evil. It's darkness, and now God said something, and he brought it, and he spoke into existence light. But there's a division we see in the Bible, light from darkness. Keep reading. Bible says in verse number six, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament 
and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. So you have this, you have this vertical separation now or this vertical division that God creates. And it's between heaven and it's between earth. So right from this creation account, we already looked at now two divisions or separations that God created. There's darkness. He separated with light. You continue to read. Now you have a vertical division. You have heaven and earth. And you see that in verses six through eight. Do you know what was in heaven? Before this creation account started. Well, Lucifer was cast down. That evil presence was separated and cast down. And he, and he fell. He was cast out. Okay, so you see that vertical separation. And then in verse number nine, it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. So you have a you have light from darkness, then you have a vertical separation of heaven and earth, right? Now we have a horizontal separation of land. And see, it's interesting also to note that God calls the earth what? Land. He doesn't call the earth the, the, he doesn't call it the land and the sea. He says the dry land is, is described by God in this, in this chapter here as the dry land. But we see that separation there. Now keep reading because this is also interesting to note. You've got now you've got dry land, which is called earth, and you've got the sea. And then in verse number eleven, it says, "And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth." What's the earth? The dry land, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good in the evening and morning were the third day. On that third day of creation, you've got a separation, right? And then when it goes on to describe the dry land, the earth, that's the part that's producing. That's the part that's bringing forth the fruit on, on, on that third day. You don't see any mention of the sea producing anything. Now, in Job 41, it says, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? If you read Job 41, you can't miss the description that's a description of Satan 
And what's he called in Job 41? Leviathan. Where do you find him? The sea. In Isaiah 27, why don't we turn there and look at it? Go to Isaiah chapter 27. And verse number one. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan. Well, who is that? The piercing serpent. Even Leviathan. Who's that? That crooked serpent. And he shall slay the dragon. That is where? In the sea. These separations that God is creating in the Genesis account. We're going to tie this in at the end. But it's related to a fall that had happened before the fall. <laughs> Because Satan had already fall, he fell. Let me get my English right. So what happens? Light comes in. What happens? You have a heaven and an earth. What happens? You have a, a, a land and a sea. And the land is pictured as bringing forth fruit. And, and the sea isn't pictured as bringing forth fruit. Leviathan is, a, is one of the names for the serpent, that old serpent. And we see he comes out of the, out of the sea. Matter of fact, in Revelation 21, when... It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Now that's going to come. We don't have the new heaven and new earth now. But that's interesting to note. In context of what we're speaking about tonight. Now I want to make one more. Well, two more distinctions that I see in Genesis 1. Look at verse 14. It continues on. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens, divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. And he made the lesser light to rule the night. That'd be the sun and that'd be the moon. Greater light, sun, lesser light, moon. He made the stars also. We talked about that at a different message, but what do we have here? You have a heavenly creation, if you will. You have the sun, you have the moon, you have the stars. If we're going to get some help and be able to discern good from evil, light from dark, we're going to need some heavenly help. Isn't it interesting that you can go on to the, I was going to, you don't, nobody goes to the newspaper anymore, but you, you used to, I remember my dad sitting in the, in the easy chair opening up the newspaper. And there was always a section, my dad always go to the sports section. And all the other sections would go aside. But there's always a section in there about the star, the stars. What does your astrology say? People are always looking up for discernment. They're looking at what God created. They're not looking at the created God. Where do we need to look? Well, we know we need to look to God to get some help. The Bible says, Ephesians, bless 
He blessed us with all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right, so that's Genesis 1. That's some separating things that we see there. Now go to Genesis 2. We see in verse number 15, Genesis 2. Watch what God does. And the Lord, Genesis 2.15, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. God put man where God wanted man. I really believe we should take that same, uh, we can apply that same concept for practical living. Let God put you where he wants you. And so anyway, God did that. And God set the boundaries. He said, um, it's going to be in the Garden of Eden. And he told him what to do, dress it and keep it. Now watch what he did in 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, there thou shalt surely die. Boundaries are good. Fencing in yourself for safety is a good thing. And that's what God did. He put man within boundaries. Garden of Eden. But also, in that fence line, in that boundary line, if you will, God also put an out-of-bounds tree within the things that were he was able to abound in. So Adam... He knew what God said. No deception. It was clear. The information was given to him. Here's the boundaries. I'm going to put something within the boundaries. Now you stay away from it. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Now that's not exactly what God said, but you get you get in the point. There, there's, the, there's the out of bounds within the bounds. So what happened? Well, we know what happens. Sin enters into the world because man sinned, and then death by sin. And when we get to Genesis chapter 3, we see the first gospel, if you will. We see the first prophetic look at the solution to the problem, right? Genesis 3, verse number 15. Let's look at it and read it together. Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Satan learns from God how God's going to end the thing. And Satan learns what the final result is going to be from his evil temptation and the in introduction of evil into God's creation. It's the first time we see the gospel not only pictures, okay, we, we get it, it's going to picture the coming of Christ, but we're going to see in a minute it pictures it prophetic, it prophetically looks at more than that. Because man isn't looking forward to the cross, Adam isn't. But guess who is? God is. God can see it. 
It's pictured here, not proclaimed, but it is pictured. Now, remember we talked about, we, we talked about earlier, Leviathan is one of the names for, the, for Satan. We know the dragon, the old serpent, the devil, all a variety of names for Satan. Okay. Now, with all that said, you've got Adam and you've got Eve and then the fall. We looked at the distinction, this dividing line, light and darkness, heaven and earth, land and sea. What's the distinction? What's the dividing line in Adam and Eve? What's the separation Adam from Eve? One was deceived. One was not deceived. And I believe that's important for us to know. Eve, she didn't know Satan was a murderer from the beginning. We do. She didn't know that he's a liar and the father of it. We do. She didn't know that he can transform himself and that he is seeking to devour her. Remember, when God created, man had dominion. Satan is fallen. Lucifer was cast down. He had to come as one of the lower creatures. You see that? As a serpent, you're already in the realization where you've got dominion. And so he doesn't come powerfully. He doesn't come forcefully. How does he come? Subtle. It's the subtle approach. And that's what he used. But in Genesis 3.15, let's look at it again. I will put enmity between thy seed and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You also have a prophecy of the virgin birth. And this prophecy, it stands in 100% opposition to the seed of Satan. And by the way, it's the birth it's the birth, not of a God. God was manifest in the body of flesh. And this birth is going to reverse the curse and overcome the serpent's seed. Doctrinally, that, that's how it, how it works. Now go to Luke chapter number one. We'll see another familiar passage. Luke 1. Y'all know this, you've read it many, many a times. And the angel, uh, Luke chapter number 1, verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, was God born? No. There was something specific that was born. People have a trouble. They have trouble with the King James Bible when they get to this verse. Well, you're calling God a holy thing? No. It's a reference to the body. Mary gave birth to a 
body. She didn't give birth to God. Okay, She's not the mother of God. She was the mother of the body where God was conceived in. Everybody get, am I saying that right? Everybody getting that? It says that holy thing was a body hast thou prepared. There's a body in Mary's womb. That's what that holy thing is in reference to. And inside that holy thing, inside that body that was prepared, it was the seed. It was the seed of Christ. Galatians 3, into thy seed, which is Christ. So Mary didn't give birth to God. She gave birth to a body. Mary was not the mother of God. She mothered the body where God resided. It's important to draw that, draw that distinction. Now, I'd like to draw out one more thing, and you may have to chew on this thought. Go back to Genesis 3, because I want to look at it and give you the thought. And you can see it. Genesis 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Seed is, is, is the context here. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. I don't see cross here. I don't see Christ bruising it on the cross. I see a seed. Now, we did three messages that you might want to go back and listen to about giants on the earth. There's, it's three parts. But we looked at in Genesis 6, there was a race of giants produced from the sons of God. You know what that is? That's a seed. And God dealt with that. And we dealt with those passages on how God dealt with it. During that study, we also looked at Daniel chapter 2, and during Israel's last days, you're going to have those government leaders, during that time, they are going to mingle themselves with that seed. And you're going to have offspring from a corrupt seed. And in 1 Thessalonians, the head of that seed, Tells us who that's going to be. The head of that seed, that race, the head of that is the son of perdition, the Antichrist. God's going to deal with that seed. And he's going to deal with it thoroughly and completely. Go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter number 14. Look at verse number 11. Acts chapter number 14. Bible says, verse number 11, And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyopinea, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. What do you think? They just made that up? Now, they're not seeing it right, 
But this isn't a new thing about gods, little g gods, and uh, the sons of of God and the and 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 various corrupt seeds. This isn't new to them. They're used to looking for that kind of thing. And it says in verse twelve, and they called Barnabas Jupiter, and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gate and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do you these like things? We also are men of passion. And, and it goes on. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. They don't want God. They're not looking for God. They're looking for something else. And God's going to deal with this seed. Genesis 6, he dealt with it. Daniel 2, prophetically, we see He's going to how he's going to deal with it. And in 1 Thessalonians, we see the head of the seed will be the son of perdition, the Antichrist. In Acts, they want the gods to come down. In Luke 17, as it was in the days of knowing, so shall it also in the days of the Son of Man be. You had a race of giants. Well, that's not the only reason for the flood. But you did have a race of giants, and that sea was dealt. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And so God's going to thoroughly deal with that seed. And Genesis 3.15 looks to a time when that will be fulfilled, when the Son of God, who is virgin born, is going to destroy the son of perdition. And then the curse of Genesis 3 will be completely removed. Right now, we still live in a fallen world. What did Christ deal with at the cross? Sin. He wrought us victory at the cross. Great. But we still live in this world who's controlled by whom? Prince and the power of you. That seed, God's going to deal with it thoroughly and completely. It's just right now we're we're in a created a creation account that is still under the control of not God. We are in this world that is controlled by Satan. We are controlled by God because why? He has made us sit in heavenly places. He has given us his Holy Spirit. And it's our only compass to be able to navigate this complete mess that we have to live in. He put us in these boundaries. And for our own good, he says, look, within this boundary, that's out of bounds, that's out of bounds, that's out of bounds, that's out of bounds. In other words, 
don't get involved in that sin. Don't listen to that junk. Don't look at that. Don't, okay, we get it. But before the creation account, evil already existed. And so therefore, it already posed a threat to man. God said, let there be light. There was light separated light from darkness. We get that. We got the seed of Satan and the seed of Christ. We see that in Genesis 3.15. There's a separation there. But here's what Satan ultimately wanted. And we'll close, start to close out with this thought. Satan had a plan, but his plan was flawed. Satan wanted Adam to sin the same way that the serpent, that, that Lucifer sinned, the ser that old serpent, Leviathan. He wanted that to happen the same way. Because I will ascend, I will be like the most high. And what happened? We know the account. He was cast down because he willfully rebelled against God. He knew what he was doing. Did Adam know what he was doing? He did. But Eve did not. Satan wanted to take down the race so they would not have a means of salvation. When Satan fell, did he have a way to be redeemed? No, that's it. He's done. He, know, he knows he lost. If he can get the fallen race to sin in the same way, he could rightfully go to God and say, God, you dealt with me differently than you dealt with your creation. But there's Eve. And Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. So Satan cannot go to God and make that claim. Why? Eve. So God can rightfully and justly extend his mercy. Why? Because we all come from him. Now I'm saying that for a few reasons. I believe understanding that deception in Eve my, and, and without Adam having that deception, draw that line. Look, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I know we don't see the word sovereign in the Bible, but I, I, I get. I, but too many times I hear sovereignty of God, sovereignty of God, sovereignty of God. It's all about God's sovereignty. And people keep parroting that sovereignty of God, sovereignty of God, sovereignty of God. To help you be okay with the thought. That the character of God is he will just damn some to hell just to show his sovereignty and others he won't. Because he's sovereign and he can do as he will. I know he can do as he will. But Satan could have brought a very legitimate excuse to God if it was just Adam because he sinned the same way Satan did. He willfully disobeyed, but Eve didn't. Yes, she sinned, but she was deceived. 
And because of that deception, she did not sin the same way. And I believe that helps magnify what I'm trying to get us to understand here. The gospel can go out to all. Eve being deceived is why God can bring his mercy and deal with his created account differently than he did with Satan. He had a flaw. Satan had a flaw in his plan. Eve had to be deceived to be an instrument for Adam's temptation. Now, Adam knew that partaking was wrong. He did not doubt in his mind, and he made a choice. Adam could have obeyed God and God's voice, but instead he decided to be persuaded by the voice and the sweet talk of his wife. But Eve did not have that blameability. Only Adam had that type of blameability. She was naive and she was deceived. And that's one of the sole basis for the redemption of man. Eve persuading her husband, but she in the deception. And so God makes a gracious provision. Why? Well, because he loves the world. Yeah, for God so loved the world. But because of Eve's deception. Satan knew he was fallen, knew he was cast down, he knew he was separate from God, he knew he couldn't dethrone God. But if he could make man be condemned like he was, oh yeah, that's a good plan, isn't it? Satan was not deceived, neither was Adam. He could rightfully object to God. And he can rightfully withhold mercy to Adam. Except there was Eve who was deceived. So, Genesis 3.15, yes, we see God looking forward to a redemptive plan, right? The cross, and he's going to finally deal with, it, with that seed. But we see these separations, but I want you to go home with tonight. Light from darkness, okay? We have uh, heaven, earth, we see that one. We see a, uh, a horizontal separation, land and sea. We see a separation. You want to really get discernment, you better look to God. <laughs> and then we also see the last one I made was we see um, Adam and Eve. The separation or the dividing line there is, is what? One's deceived, one was not. Right, I hope that was a help for you. That's all I got tonight. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.